1: Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad.
2: Frankly, I think that dogs don't like men because, well, because sometimes they bring bad news.
1: Mackey and Judd.
2: Animals sense those things, you know. On
1: 1500 ESPN. Unsolicited advice we deem important. You, on the other hand, might not. Information so good, you're encouraged to write that down. From Mackey and Judd. Write that down. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that, then.
2: You guys ready for this accountability session? Dave Harrigan, there's there's one that's sort of in question that we have to get to with Dave. We'll, we'll get to it at the end of our accountability session here. But three predictions each, and for the first time in 2018, listener predictions. If you are a listener of the Mackie and Judge Show, we are opening up the Write That Down prediction contest to you as well. And uh, we've had a bunch of them. It's fun because listeners are taking swings for the fences. We track... Slugging percentage. So if you're going to get one crack at it, you might as well swing for the fences. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I was wrong during the break, Judd. I said, I don't think we got any listener submissions this week for the first time. Uh, People need to step up their game. You can email Mackie and Judd at 1500ASPN.com. Just put write that down in the subject line with your predictions. But Chancey called in to chew us out and to yell at Matthew Collar earlier in the week. (laughs) Oh, on Monday? And he actually had two phone-write-that-down predictions that, that we did save. So we'll get to those in just a second. But let's start with the accountability session where I predicted incorrectly that Austrian Janine Flock would win gold in the women's skeleton. <laughs> she didn't even know. This,
0: this must have been last week when I wasn't here. Thought I thought I
2: had that research nailed, too. That's right. You were gone last Friday. Um, I said uh, Alex Smith would play for the Broncos a few months ago. <laughs> And then I'm going to save this other one because it goes hand in hand with a Dave prediction. Okay. Uh, Judd, you actually said back, this might have been two years ago now, and you cashed in. You said baseball will limit trips to the mound by 2018. Yes. Wow. Well, not, what is it, a triple or a homer for that's Judd there?
3: Great foresight. It's a triple.
2: Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm standing on third base. I nice yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, stole
3: it from a blog somewhere, but that's yeah. fine.
2: Uh, Chris Long was a guest predictor last week, and he said Chase Elliott, the son of Bill Elliott, will win the Daytona 500. He did not. He did not win the Daytona 500. Uh, Judd, let's see here. You—that uh, was the only one for you. Dave predicted the Wild would win at least three out of its last four games on the homestand. Oh, I hate those guys. Why but, do you ever do that? You can't, because you can't count on them at all. Said Lindsey Vaughn will win gold in the Super G. And that's like gold. I think she got the bronze. Yeah,
3: it's like gold, same kind of color. Yeah. Uh,
2: and you said that I would not fall down or collapse in the big climb 53 stories to the top of the Capella Tower for LLS last weekend. <laughs> that's a double for you because I'm not in good shape. So <laughs> that's going to be an extra base hit for Dave Harrington. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thought that. about sit, sitting down or laying down about 100 times from floors 35 through 53, but used the railings to kind of propel myself up the steps.
0: As people absolutely flew by you. <laughs>
2: Hey, I couldn't have done it, don't worry. I was like like one of those, uh, I was the matador with the red little, whatchamacallit. I wouldn't have done Letting people go by me. Uh Uh-huh. All right, so a couple other things off the board here. Dave predicted that Judd would drag his wife to the Blackhawks game in Chicago on February 17th. And then I followed up by saying that Don will document Judd dragging her to the Blackhawks game in protest on social media. And that's how, you know,
0: we didn't go because you didn't see it on Facebook. Yeah, that
2: she there was, was no part like of that kind trip of like that saying that she that loves done. you but that like you dragged her to a hockey oh, game she went or up something. Sure. Yeah. That was a good call. Um and so so that came out the board. The one in question is Dave predicted when the Rick Petino Louisville stuff came out a couple months ago, oh. the FBI sting that Mike Shishkeski would be named as part of the FBI sting. So Yahoo Sports got its hands on some documents, and we're going to get into the story later in the hour. Jay Billis will join us at 12:45. A Duke player was named and and had taken money or benefits of some kind from an agent, mm-hmm. but Mike Shishovsky has not yet been named. So I think we're still in watch mode on that prediction, but the walls are closing in.
3: I agree with you. Okay. Yeah. He hasn't yeah been let's named. just wait and see. All right. Yeah. There's, there's still time to there's go. There's no hurry right? here. It's not off the board. We're we're still ready. The so FBI
2: takes its time. The investigation will will continue on. And it looks like Dave Harrigan's going to wind up with a point. So right now, uh, let's see. The listeners are batting five hundred. The guests are batting only 200. Dave and Judd are both batting 389. Dave with the slightly higher slugging percentage at 889. Judd at 778. So you guys are off to a great start in the first two months of the season. And I'm batting 143. What are you batting? Um, hey, we had to
0: talk about when I got off to a terrible uh, start last year. No, we'll just uh, uh, Of course, I, I told you I was tracking pitches at that point. I'm batting uh, one. One forty three for Phil. One forty three. One forty three. That's not very good. Is there a
2: AAA that we can send you to though to work on it? Like I I might need some extended spring training. (laughs) I have one extra base hit on the air. So Judd, write that down. Fire away. I'm going to go for an immediate one. In fact, uh, this is going to take
0: place, uh, I believe, around twelve thirty a.m. this morning our time. And I'm going to tell you that the U.S. will continue its run in curling to a gold medal. The U.S. will win gold. They will beat Sweden after beating Canada in the semifinals. They will win gold in curling this morning. So I'm going for, and, and that's probably a single,
2: but it's an immediate one. No, I one. mean, it's, that might be a double. Is, are they favored? Do they do odds? Are there sports sure books they, that allow you to bet on this gold medal match? I'm sure there are.
1: I don't Write know this if they or not. Mm. Write it down. You like writing things down. Boy, I hope you're right,
3: Judd, but I am going to have to go against you because I was talking uh, with our guy John Benton yesterday off the air, and he said, ooh, this is a very tough matchup. This doesn't look good for the U.S. I'm sorry, but I think they're going to have to settle, settle for silver. I almost hope I'm wrong. But I'd also like to get it right. I mean, come on, this is write that down. So U.S. curling will have to settle for silver. A valiant effort, but fall a little short.
2: So apparently the Swedes are very good yes. at playing defense That's and, what he and told blowing us things yeah. up. He, right? said they're,
3: he said they're very good.
2: Yeah, I can throw that rock really hard and accurately. Right. So uh, here's a couple predictions from Chansey.
1: Write it down. You like writing things down.
2: Listener submissions. And again, if you, have, if you want to go on the record here, if you want to put your predictions uh, out on the radio, Mackie and Judd. At fifteen hundred ESPN.com and just put write that down in the subject line so we can differentiate it from uh from the other emails. So he has two predictions. The first one is if Teddy and Case Keenum are still on the roster, Keenum will win the job. So if both of them are on the roster together okay. when the season starts or when or when training camp starts, that Case Keenum will win the job. Mm-hmm. Write this down. And he says with Teddy Bridgewater as the starter, if that happens, the Vikings will be eight and eight or worse this season. So let's just assume that if Teddy Bridgewater is the starter for week 1, we'll have to say that uh, the Vikings will be 8 and 8 or worse in 2000.
1: Write this down.
2: 18. Uh I'm going to go with this one. Hell, it's I've got Lance Lynn fever. The Twins are going to sign Lance Lynn. Write it down.
1: Write this down. I the
2: don't show's know when I'm telling you that for the, an hour now. Right, the hour tw- plus. the Twins will sign Lance Lynn I'll say before the season starts. I don't know if it's going to be today. Go for today. Or in today. A you can get weeks. a double.
0: I mean, if, if they do it today, if you say today, I think you get within a double. the hour. Come I need on. a single yeah.
2: more than I need to double right now. This it's only 143.
0: Oh, <laughs> I'll, I'll see a power hitter. forget to... average. Forget average and just focus on your slugging percentage. Can I had him done. Infield yeah. single would be great. Break this down, come on, Mickey. Right <laughs> <laughs> all right, Judd. Uh, I do not believe I have predicted a landing spot for uh, Case Keenum yet. I think I predicted that he won't be back with the Vikings at some point uh, maybe a month ago, but I've not predicted
2: a landing spot. I will now.
0: Case Keenum, when free agency begins, will end up with the Denver Broncos.
2: Hmm. Actually, you do have a landing spot already, but I mean, it's up to you if you want to hedge. You've predicted not only that Case <laughs> Keenum will sign a three-year contract with someone not named the Vikings, oh, but that I... he will sign with the Cardinals. You predicted that three weeks ago. Damn. <sighs> Darn it! Yeah, I you can, can hedge if you want to. I look back. I, hell, I'm on I've the changed, record saying because
0: I've changed my mind now.
2: Well, I'm on the record saying the Twins will sign Alex Cobb, you Darvish, and Lance Lynn. Okay, now. you know what? So I'm, you to, know what? I will hedge then because okay. I've changed
0: my mind completely since I last predicted this. So Case Keenum will <laughs> sign with the Broncos. Yes.
2: Yeah. So I'm going to
0: hedge and say the uh, say the Broncos now instead of the Cardinals.
3: I can't wait till you change it to a third team next week. You, you never I know. I'm now. very capable of doing that. <laughs> can I just predict Case Keenum's going to sign with an NFL franchise? Does that count?
2: I I mean, you can, but it's definitely... Write it down.
1: You like writing things down. It's definitely a cheapo.
3: Uh, Last year, (laughs) 2017, I just looked this up. The Twins were ninth in the American League in just total ERA from the pitching staff. 4.59 was the number. They will be top five
2: American League this year. Okay. In ERA. In ERA. Cool. Especially if Lance Lynn is on the mound. Write it down. You like writing things down. Yep. Uh, Write this down... The Wolves play the Rockets tonight. Mm-hmm. The Rockets are one of the best teams in the NBA. but I don't know if I put them ahead of Golden State quite yet, but write this down. There will be no in-between for the Wolves tonight. They're either going to get blown out by 15 points or more, or they will win. So they're either going to get smoked by 15 or more, or they will win the game tonight in Houston against a Western Conference power. There will be no in-between.
1: Write it down. You like writing things down.
2: Basically, they're either going to come out firing... Jimmy Butler all fired up with his quotes and well rested. In Houston I'm taking uh, the,
0: I'm taking the uh, the first one. That they're going to get smoked. they I get smoked, yeah.
1: Write this down.
0: All right, uh despite, despite the fact that I just told Dave that I don't like predicting about this team, I am going to make a wild prediction, but it has nothing to do with uh with success or uh or defeat. It has to do with Monday's trade deadline. The Wild will make a deal before the trade deadline on Monday that will include Tyler Ennis. Okay. Tyler Ennis will be traded by, by the Wild. I think they're trying to. I think they'd really like to move uh, one of the two guys, if not both of them, that they got from Buffalo and Foligno and Ennis. And I'm going to predict that Tyler Ennis will be moved before the trade deadline on Monday by Chuck Fletcher. How old is that guy? Tyler Ennis. Yeah. He's Probably late twenties.
2: So that's how they. So that's just kind of they're trying they to. They would get, just do, include him. A, okay. Yes,
0: I think they would like. I think they would like to get get rid of both those guys if they possibly could. Okay. So Write
2: that down.
0: Yes,
3: sir. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that,
0: Dan. Towards the end of Stuff You Should Know About, Judd said it
3: was very depressing to see gopher basketball so poor this year. But that's not true because the gopher women's team has turned the basketball world on its ear. Aside from losing their last game to Indiana, they will shock the world not only by getting into the NCAA tournament. That wouldn't be a shock anymore. But they will be a sweet 16 team. Gopher women. To the second weekend. Sweet 16. Marlene Stallings
2: getting a contract extension if that
0: happens.
3: Write it down, baby. I'm
2: on board. I need some help deciphering the women's NCAA basketball bubble. Because after they won that game, uh, was it Maryland that was ranked highly and they beat Maryland a few days ago? And there was a bunch of chatter that the Gophers were back in NCAA conversation Yep. There are several games above 500 in conference, right? They're
3: 21 and six or seven overall, fourth in the Big Ten. So, how is it even a discussion they're in, right? I like, don't get it. Uh, You've beaten like three top 25 yeah, teams. Like, <laughs> Shouldn't should they know. be in
2: the mix for a, a fairly high seed? I would think. It's kind of weird. All right. Uh, along those lines, here's my final one. Write that down. I don't
3: have a pencil. Well, remember that,
2: Dan. I made a similar prediction two years ago after the most disastrous Gopher basketball season in team history around this time of year. I told you two years ago they're going to bounce back and they're going to finish above 500 in conference and make the NCAA tournament. I predict the same thing. Next year, the Gopher men's basketball team will finish at least 500 in conference and will make the NCAA basketball You're tournament. you going back at that one. All after right. another disastrous year. So uh, much like the Giants win the World Series every other year in baseball— the Gophers have disastrous seasons every other year, and then bounce back to at least get to the NCAA tournament. Not quite the same as winning a World Series, but uh, I think they're going to have write this down some contributions from freshmen and incoming players. They've got what three incoming players? Is that right? Uh, well, we three from contrib- the state of should Minnesota. Be contributors. Yep, Daniel Luturo should be much better in his first year than like some of these should senior be. big That's men. That's the problem. That was the problem this year. We'll see. We thought. Well, injuries and suspensions, I mean, that's what happens. All right, um, so the Twins, they made a roster move, and we've been speculating what they're going to do with that open 40-man spot, and there's a lot of Lance Lynn chatter right now, but that move yesterday may have seemed inconsequential on the surface, but it represents the end of an era that we should talk about when we come back here. Mackie and Judd in the TCL Broadcast Studios. Login
1: Username. Mackie and Judd. Access granted. Mackie and Judd now continue on 1500 ESPN. Breaking ball got him, and that's what's really nice to see. Chaguan has got some overpowering velocity, but the more he could throw a breaking ball and get strikeouts up here, Look at that! That ball dived uh, almost straight down.
2: So the uh, the, the Twins DFA'd JT Chaguan yesterday, which is a very inconsequential move just in a vacuum, but it represents two things: obviously an opening on their forty-man roster, and so we've put a lot of the we've been reading tea leaves and just putting a lot of things together. John Heyman was at Twins camp and he has written a story on FanRag Sports linking the Twins and Lance Lynn, saying it makes sense. So he's not just writing that. So we've right. done a lot of Lance Lynn reckless speculation today. Hat tip to loyal listener uh, and friend of the show, Michael McGivern, for sending me an email last night and coining this. He reminded me of the lost era of twins relief pitchers. This is fantastic. And I, I stood up for the Twins front office and Terry Ryan on this show and on on Royce and Mackey. In retrospect, it was a mistake. Oh, a hundred percent. Well, I mean, I think their idea was correct in theory, but in practice, it wound up being a failure. And mm-hmm. that they looked at the organization from two thousand one through two thousand ten. And said man if we really want to compete with the Yankees and we really want to the Red Sox we got to stop this pitch to contact stuff. It was great for a while but now teams are just these relievers are coming in throwing 100 miles an hour and we got to miss some more bats. Yeah, we got to
0: go find those guys.
2: Right. So they made a dedicated effort between 2011 and 2014. The Twins front office led by Terry Ryan and Darren Johnson who was uh he used to head up the Twins draft efforts. Now he's a different part of the organization but So they said, we're going to get away from pitch to contact, and we're going to draft power arms early in the draft, mostly college guys. So let's go get the 21, 22-year-old college pitchers who throw hard, get strikeouts. Some of them are relievers in college that they want to convert to starters. Some might be relievers long-term. And uh, and they're going to be closer to the big leagues because we think we're ready to win right now. And instead of waiting for an 18-year-old kid to develop five years, let's get the college guys.
0: So how did that work for them?
2: Well... Here are the results now that JT Shagwa has been DFA'd. By my count, and again, thanks to uh, listener Michael for emailing in, and I, I did some research on top of this. So they spent between the first, second, third, and fourth round 2011 through 2014, 10 college pitchers, 10 of them. Yes. And it seems to me that as these
0: guys have fallen by the wayside in recent years on the show, you have documented this before.
2: Not this specifically, but okay. actually it's 11. I miscounted. It's 11 of them. <laughs> okay. Let's go through them. JT Chagua, DFA'd. Might still stay in the organization. Right. S- you know, could still have some potential injury issues. But off the 40 man roster, which says a lot. Yep. Mason Melitakis. Off the 40 man roster, now 27 years old. Ryan Eads was a second round pick, mm-hmm. LSU, I believe. Okay. Still not on the 40 man roster. He's 26. Zach Jones, 27 years old now, still hasn't pitched above double A. He might have had like one or two games in triple A, but he's double A still at age 27. Mm-hmm. Sam Clay, four years in the system, still at A ball in his mid 20s. Michael, I'm going to butcher some of the pronunciations here, but Michael Cedaroth, yeah. Out of the organization. Four years in minor league baseball. Still hasn't reached double A. Mm-hmm. Nick Birdie. Out of the organization. Luke Bard. Out of the organization. Now some of these guys might, like Nick Birdie might be a major league pitcher at some point, but not with the Twins. Nick Birdie let go within the last year, correct? Yeah. Yep. Pirates now, I want to say? I can't yeah. remember. All right, uh, Madison Bohr, Out of baseball. Corey Williams. Out of baseball. I think there were some injuries there, too. Mm-hmm. Matt Summers. baseball. Out of baseball. So 11 guys, college pitchers, 2011 to 2014, first, second, third, fourth round picks. So those are the, the most likely that's, guys to contribute to your organization. That's the incredible thing. So in theory, they said, all right, let's go for it. Let's do this. And in practice, it didn't work at all. Is <laughs> that really bad. Is
0: that not a remarkable amount of whiffs, though?
2: Yes. Like, now, I mean, there's no, you're not going to hit on 8 out no, of 10 but, ever, but to, hit on, to not but hit that's, on
0: 2 of them? That's my point. To be fair here, the baseball draft is tough. Yes. Because you, you're dealing with, in some cases, college kids, in some cases, high school kids. So I'm not saying that the baseball draft is a simple process. It's crapshooting. That being said, it seems to me like the amount of names that you just ran through and given the rounds that they were taken in is incredibly high.
2: Yes, and I know that people are going to say, well, but... You know, injuries, there's injury cases in here, and there absolutely are, and there's d- different circumstances, and, and some of these guys might wind up being quality pitchers still, like JT Shagwa could still be, but to, to this point, and you have to account for injuries in any organization. Yeah. So that's just, let's just say that, they're, that of the 11, in any organization, two or three are going to blow out their arms or something. Okay, let's take the other eight. You got to have one guy that's your setup guy at this point. Right. Or one guy that's your number four starter. Right. And they have nothing to show for <laughs> that for that pivot in philosophy, which was a good and, pivot, but they just didn't execute it.
0: And of that list of names that you just ran through, how many? About four of them became became names that the that if you're a Twins fan, you basically know. Birdie for sure. Schegogua
2: for sure. Um, who, who did you name after Birdie? Who would you say the, after the Birdie? The casual fan would even know. Maybe Melitakis, Melitakis. and Bard. But So Luke Bard had a brother named Josh Bard who pitched in the Red Sox organization for a while.
0: But I'm saying there's three or four names that became became where you you expected, okay, I'm either hearing or reading enough about this guy that he's going to have an impact.
2: So here's another question, all right? And this is where you're putting a lot of faith in this new front office and all of the new bodies that they've hired for scouting and for analytics. If you took this same group of 11 pitchers— and you put it into the St. Louis Cardinals pipeline of pitching development or the Tampa Bay Rays, like some of these pitching factory organizations, the yeah. Indians, if you put those same 11 guys into a different organization from from the start, yeah. would the results be different? And I think the answer is yes. I don't think eight of them would be guess, lights out, but I think the answer is yes.
0: I guess my question back to you would, would be this. In the way that they evaluate pitchers and scout talent, would, would they have taken those guys? At all, That's another
2: good question. Yeah. I mean,
0: the Cardinals, the Cardinals, who was the pitcher they had so much success with a couple years ago? Who was actually, I think, playing shortstop full time? I don't think he was pitching in the Cardinal and a scout from the Cardinals identified him and said that arm is a pitcher's was arm. That Martinez? I don't remember right now. But anyway, my yeah. point, my point being is. Would a team like the Cardinals have scouted th- these guys, taken them, and had success? Or would they have said on most of them, you know what, he probably doesn't fit a profile yeah. that we like?
2: I think the, the way that uh, Wetmore and I talk about this all the time on the Touch Em All podcast, that, and we've done it on this show too, that the lottery ticket mindset, or like if you if you look at where a guy was drafted, did he go to high school, college, was he the number 1 overall pick, was he that caliber player, was he 10th round, and then what organization... What's the organization doing to develop these guys? I think, and I'm just kind of making this up, but let's say JT Shagwa or Ryan Eads is a, as a, as a second round draft pick, Ryan Eads, Maybe he with the Twins is a 30% chance to be a quality major league pitcher Mm -hmm. because they just don't develop pitching. They just don't. Like you go, Kyle Gibson was a top 15 pick, you know? Yep. The washout starters, too. You're right. And so maybe his lottery ticket with the Twins is 30% because they're just not doing the right things in 2018 to make a difference. But if he were to go to St. Louis from the start, maybe his percentage is 50. So it's not every time, but maybe it's fifty percent. I think I think whatever the Cardinals and the Indians and the Rays and the Giants have done historically, whatever they're doing, when you enter their system, you have a better chance of being a quality major league pitcher than when you enter the Twin system. That's a fact. I don't know exactly how to quantify it, but it's a it's got to be well, a it's fact. Clearly
0: true now, yeah. But that list is that's a remarkable list. When it's amazing. you go, when you go eleven through, whiffs, and and you've gone through on this show too before the amount of failed attempted starters as well. Like, if you put together in in the Terry era, and Billy, if you put together the amount of of whiffs on pitchers, period, it's staggering.
2: Yep, so then when a new guy comes in, like Derek Falvey, and he starts making moves that you scratch your head, and he says, Nick Birdie, yeah, don't need you on the 40, man. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, we're going to leave number 4 overall pick Cole Stewart unprotected in the Rule 5 draft. And I think the first reaction from people is, what? How could— they drafted that guy number four overall, and Derek was like, I didn't exactly, <laughs> and I know pitching, and no one picked that's him my up point, in the Rule 5 though,
0: draft. That that's my point. Would it, would Falvey have have even drafted that guy and developed him, or said from a scouting standpoint, no? I mean, he's
2: he's not that good. Or is it possible that that Cole Stewart, four years into his professional minor league career? But there were just too many bad I've habits yeah, built maybe, up. Maybe. That you look if you're a Falva, you look and you say, "Oh man, if we could have gotten you two years earlier, maybe." <laughs> Sorry, kid. You could you're that's- <laughs> completely lost now. You're yeah. completely broken. So, thought that was interesting. Jay Billis will join us in just over an hour, around twelve forty-five, to talk about all the the major breaking college basketball news. And uh, let's just say that I think the old way of doing things in college basketball and the NCAA it's probably not long for existence. Let's go into some of that story and pose a couple questions when we come back here. Mackie and Judd in the TCL
1: Broadcast Studios. Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgad. Give each other twenty dollars, okay? Put it on underhill. Mackie and Judd on fifteen hundred ESPN. Mackie and Judd
2: in the TCL Broadcast Studios. So emailer Paul, loyal listener Paul, our buddy Paul. We have well, we have time. multiple Pauls who are friends of the show here. Uh, So he floated us, hey, I got a good source tells me the Twins have signed Lance Lynn. It's a done deal. Not a joke. He emailed emailed the show earlier. John Heyman is not reporting it's done, but just kind of linking the Twins to Lance Lynn. And uh, so I said, write that down. I said, all right, there's enough information here. I predict the Twins are going to sign Lance Lynn. Paul emails back (laughs) and he says, let me find this. He goes, uh... I predicted the Lance Lynn signing, and you will not allow me to have uh, the write-that-down prediction, and then you steal my prediction? Wait a second. There's a big difference between emailing a thought and going a step further in the write-that-down segment. Okay, that's do an here? arena. Do, do
0: we need to have a meeting about this?
2: No, he, he can get credit, too. But
3: There it, was an email in between, though, there where he did say, prediction, write-that-down. Oh, he did? Twin sign Lance Lynn. Okay,
2: so, so I didn't see that email before the segment, but
3: Paul will get credit. I have one issue with Paul, though. The first email said it's a done deal. My source says twins have signed, correct? Yes. I believe that was the exact verbiage. Can you go back and make a prediction on something you
2: said was already done? That's a good point.
1: Remember when, I don't know. See, Judge is unprecedented. I
2: double
0: dipped on Case Keenum, so I really can't talk. Well, but
2: Judge, <laughs> sometimes Judd will go on Google and find like a report about Trade Steam and then he'll use that and it's questionable. Yes. So Paul I think you deserve credit for just flat breaking the news via our megaphone here yeah and uh you should and then you should pat so yourself both on of the you, back so for both that.
0: of you are gonna get if this goes down both of you get the uh well I get write that down
2: credit he gets reporter credit
0: but does he get credit now is he now a guest write that down predictor and does he get credit for that
2: I think he made I think the, that's what he wants. I think he I don't think he's predicting I think he's reporting. He was
0: originally, but then Dave's right. He came back and said he, he wanted that for write that down, which would make him the which would make him a guest predictor uh, as well. Which means he would want the point for write that down from the guest standpoint.
2: Uh, we'll have to take it to the committee. I'm, offline. I'm just going too complicated. I'm just
0: going to e- email Paul back. Phil is a
2: thief. There, okay. I just hit that. Carry some favor with Paul. Not the first time. No, I I admit it. I stole it from Paul. That's right. Um, Yahoo Sports put this out early this morning. they have obtained documents from the FBI investigation of NCAA basketball programs, players, and agents. This is not surprising. The information in it is—let's just go through some of this. So the report shows expense reports filed on behalf of prominent former NBA agent Andy Miller and his former associate Christian Dawkins and then their agency, ASM Sports. They include expense reports, balance sheets— uh, and balance sheets that list cash advances as well as entertainment and travel expenses for high school and college prospects and their families. An ASM balance sheet in the hands of federal investigators shows accounts through December 31st, 2015, with the subheading, Loan to Players. That's
0: like, I, lo- I that's love how they kept all this around. This is my favorite thing. Who
2: the hell keeps these expense reports with, know- like, money paid to uh, Markel Fultz? Do you know what this is?
0: It's it's on a huge scale. It's Joe Smith. When the Wolves actually kept the documentation, pay Joe Smith in in you know 1999. We're gonna right. pay him a ton. And the and you, they found it.
2: Or it's like you go on a you, you go on a trip for work, and then you're filing your expenses. It's like reporting the nine cocktails at a strip club that you had on the work expense report. Like, ever, why are you doing yeah, that exactly? Which Judd has not done by the way ever. What? No, I would never do that. <laughs> um, so here's some of the uh, Timberwolves forward and first round pick. Justin Patton is part of this report. Uh, so so the loans to players included several players who were in high school or college receiving four-figure and five-figure payments from ASM Sports and also various smaller things like a few hundred dollars here for a dinner or transporting uh, like a flight for the mom of a player. So Justin Patton is listed as having received meals with Christian Dawkins, the associate. Dennis Smith, who went on to play for North Carolina State, received $43,500, according to the documents. Uh, Isaiah Whitehead, who was a freshman at Seton Hall, received $26,000, according to the documents. And then $37,600 for setting up a payment plan of some kind. A bunch of other players received $12,000, $14,000. So anyways... I think, aside from why are you putting incriminating details into expense reports, which is question number one, question number two is, to what extent are the agents and or third-party lackeys working on behalf of major college coaches or programs? Right. Because that's the question, right? Uh, and also, not only was Markel Fultz on this list, who was the number one overall pick, but Michigan State I was gonna is say, on this list.
0: I, I counted in, in the... Uh Report that came out today. I counted se- uh, seven schools: Duke, Duke, North Carolina, Texas, Kentucky. Shocker, I know. Michigan State, USC, Kansas,
2: and there's more too. There's like twenty. I don't think they're all listed by name in the in the. Uh, they're but, not, but there's much big programs. So, I mean, if you're a Tom Izzo, or if you're, you but know, you're
0: going to say I had no idea, right?
2: Yeah, and you could maybe, you could maybe say that the agent is looking at potential future NBA players and just on his own trying to get well, in tight with them so if they're drafted he's the agent. So
0: if if I've got this right at the very least if if the schools say if the school's duck and say we did not know, which I don't necessarily believe of course, but if they do that you've still got violations on the part of the schools for for having players play who were being compensated, I believe. But where all hell is going to break loose is if this guy starts to talk, if the agency or the people that used to work there start to talk and say, oh, no, no, the coach is all new. Because then you're talking about serious sanctions and problems and yeah. people be- being fired. Now, once again, though, the organization that amazes me, Phil, the NCAA, have they ever uncovered something themselves? No. Like it's every time they're reacting, no. they're reacting to an FBI report, or or back when the, the golfer said their scandal in '99, a Pioneer Press report. Like, have they ever done actually any digging themselves to find out uh, something before it's basically brought to them on a platter, and then they might do some work from there?
2: No, in fact, that's a great point, and it makes it so fraudulent. Imagine if the NFL said, or Major League Baseball, all right. If Major League Baseball said, all right, we have a steroid problem, so we're gonna crack down on steroids, but we don't really have the resources to do the actual testing. So, so if any of you media outlets uncover a player doing steroids, really we it. would really like you to tell us so that maybe we can go investigate. We'd really appreciate a heads is, up right? as soon as possible. So yes. can you so can you put this can can you essentially demand that student athletes are not allowed to make money off their likeness? but then also not police it well, if you a, can't police it yourselves shouldn't you change the system well and i guess my question goes beyond that my question goes to
0: this why are the why do the schools continually year after year seemingly allow themselves to be bound by an organization that doesn't work like to me the problem goes beyond kids well, being because paid. there's a lot
2: of money in it for the schools that it,
0: no 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 but what i'm say what but what i'm saying is why don't we ever take steps to to making this situation have some common sense applied? Like the NCAA is in charge, but they're not really.
2: Well, it's going to come down to the players at some point. So this is this is my thought on it. In almost any other context, if you're talking about in like it, let's let's say an 18-year-old kid who's really talented and um like well, here's an example. I'm not going to say the name, but I'm going to lunch with an up-and-coming like journalist a student who's interested in getting into, who's very talented, looking to get into more of a journalism, like full-time field. I'm probably going to buy lunch for that student. They're not an athlete. I hope they don't. It's not a violation I, I hope they don't of the journalism school. they're going to continue to write for that school paper. But, but think about this. If, if, if you're talented at age 18 and you want to take advantage of your skills to make money, you can do it in almost any other walk except for if you're a college athlete. There's been these stories where you had that Gophers wrestler from a few years ago who had a YouTube channel and he put out music tracks yes. and had like forty thousand followers or something on his YouTube channel, and was using his own name because he's because he can make money off of his music talents, but because he's using his own name and he's a wrestler, they they made him choose between wrestling and using his own name on YouTube. I remember the. Oh, wait story. a second. If I'm talented, why am I not allowed to make money? I'm not even saying that the NCAA should be the entity pay, or that the school should be paying hundred thousand dollars. For a Markel Fultz, but can, can't I go to an autograph signing and make thirty grand? What's wrong with that? Now, I think the comeback from the NCAA would be well, but then what? You know, can an agent go and and set up a six figure payment through this? And at some point, I think if you can't police it, it's a lot like prohibition in the early nineteen hundreds. If you if you just can't police it and it's impossible, you might as well try to regulate it better and just well, make it so that it's no longer an underbelly; it's above board.
0: But it's it's being done. This way, in an archaic system, because they they refuse to advance things. I mean, didn't we go from didn't we go from about uh, four or five years back? A bunch of athletes sued because their likeness, essentially, although I don't think their names, but their li- likeness was on on. A, Basketball games, the uh, video games, video games. Yeah, if, it, it would be at, like at Texas
2: A right? and number yeah. seven. Yeah. and he runs fast and scrambles well. But didn't they get rid of that entirely then? Or number two, I'm sorry. But instead,
0: but instead of saying, you know what? Okay, we're, we're all we all can get rich here. But let's let's pay Manziel. Let's pay the basketball players. Didn't they just basically abolish the games? I don't remember what the result was. My my point being. To me, all of these stories, the starting point is the NCAA, as is right now, doesn't work. It's an organization well, that it wor- doesn't. It works for some entities. Sure, but but it does not work as a, a whole. And a lot of the things that they do make zero sense. And so you keep coming back to stories like this because basically, basically the NCAA says, we hope we don't hear about these stories. If we do hear about them, we'll address them then. So it's just this archaic system yeah. that's absolutely silly, and advancements don't get made, and And I don't understand why these schools don't somehow say it's time to have some change.
2: Yeah, now there's some other things in the story where there's specific players like Justin Patton, went to Creighton, now plays for the Timberwolves, although they just sent him back down to the G League, and he had at least a lunch or a dinner with an agent. Well, what happened there? Who knows? Like, honestly, if it's just—and I heard this on Golik and Wingo this morning too—if he just sits down and hey, at some point when you're done playing college basketball, you know, just we'd really like you to consider us, and here's all the benefits to our agency. We really think you have a lot of potential. Let's just stay in touch, but you know, don't sign on, and I pay for your lunch. Right? What the hell's wrong with that? Like, I don't have a problem with that, but the NCAA works so hard to police we've told this story a million times on the air when Rachel Bannon was on our show as a freshman at the U of M back in whatever, 2000, it was me and Royce doing the show at the state fair. And she came up and she was on stage with us and uh, it was a great time. There was a big audience and we were giving away free t-shirts on the left of the stage and you could pay $15 for the team themed colored 1500 ESPN shirts on the right. Mm -hmm. So I took one of the maroon and gold shirts, 1500 ESPN and tossed it to Rachel and said, Hey, thanks for coming on. Here's a t-shirt. A PR person, who I don't even blame because they're just doing what they're supposed to do, steps in and says, actually, if those are the shirts you're charging $15 for, she can't accept that. It's a, it's absolutely essentially violation. illegal for her to accept that. Yeah. Now, if it's one of the free shirts over here, she could accept that because you're giving away for free. Which is absolutely Like, wow. Think about how ridiculous it is to try and police all of that, which they can't. Right. So if she would have taken that shirt, it's an NCAA violation, and she gets kicked out of school or suspended. Like, think about how dumb. And that so is. so
0: now, now the F- FBI in this case has done all all the work for the NCAA. They're going to come back, and and eventually, I'm sure, re- release this report in full. And what's going to happen? The NCAA is going to take it and then sanction people.
2: Yeah, and then I and then there's obviously the FBI involvement here is interesting because they're going to try and prove federal criminal activity, right? They're going to try and prove money laundering in certain yep. cases. Yes. But if I went out to eat, the, the only thing would be if Tom Izzo instructed the agent to take a player out to eat or pay $10,000 on of The the story
0: here is very simple. Shred your documents. <laughs> yes. Shred the documents. Phil Mackey, Judd Zogad. What's wrong with it? I love the fact that people can't stand it. Yeah. A lot I of do people do can't do it, stand yeah. It's great.
1: Mackey and Judd. If
0: you'd vote for Donald Trump, you can't stand it. Yes. Right.
1: Yes. You're right. convinced <laughs> this is the worst thing ever to happen yes. in sport. Right. Yeah. On 1500 ESPN.
3: Based on the New York Times best-selling novel, don't miss the inspirational true story, same kind of different as me, now on Blu-ray, starring a critically acclaimed cast, including Renee Zellweger and Greg uh, Greg Kinnear. Get the film critics are calling powerful and inspiring, own same kind of different as me on Blu-ray today, rated PG-13 from Paramount Pictures, and enter to win your own copy now on the 1500 ESPN stream player
1: breaking ball got him and that's re- what's really nice to see Chaguan has got some overpowering velocity but the more he could throw a breaking ball and get strikeouts up here look at that That ball dived uh, almost straight down so yeah the end
2: the RIP the uh the twins pitching era 2011 through 14 all the 11 college arms they drafted in the first four rounds
0: so does 11 start with was bill smith in 11 and then it transitioned back to terry yeah, after 11 yeah,
2: 11? yeah. Okay. even then bill smith wasn't super active in like who they were going to draft necessarily right. but uh matt a uh, loyal listener matt tweets into the show i think all teams struggled to draft and develop pitching well that's but that's wrong like it's a bell curve Baseball's a bell curve. You can't say that all teams struggle to develop pitching, because mm-hmm. some teams are very good at pitching. Um, per this chart, the Twins have had their drafted pitchers throw the sixth most innings in Major League Baseball over the five, last five years. And that's accurate. But the Twins also have the worst ERA in the American League over the last five years. So whatever they're doing isn't working. And that's that's the point here, that... Well, uh, that that they whiffed on a lot of just high round draft pick pitchers, and that's why Derek Falvey and Thad Levine are here.
0: You now. you earlier read a list of of was it eleven or twelve pitchers drafted within the first? Did you say three or four rounds? Yeah, and none of them worked out. That's a staggering staggering number of swing and misses.
2: It's pretty bad uh, on the college basketball thing, and Jay Billis will join us in about an hour to uh, to discuss this. Just reading some tweets here, at Phil Mackey, at 1500 ESPN, Judd, from Corbett. Don't know if you guys mentioned it or not, but Patino and the Gophers seem to be leading for Isaiah Whitehead. All of a sudden, I believe he canceled his visit and committed to Seton Hall. Well, he's in this report, Yahoo Sports. As a freshman at Seton Hall, he received $26,000, according to the documents. One of the documents says Whitehead received $37,000 and was setting up a payment plan. Whitehead signed with ASM Sports, but later left the agency for Rock Nation. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like this agency, not sounds like, it's pretty obvious, this agency was putting, you know, five figures here, four figures so there, were they kind do- of advances to say, hey, why don't you... Uh-
0: were they doing it to direct kids to uh, certain colleges or to get their their business in future years after that?
2: Yeah, that's what they like that's, it's the, that's agency, what the FBI is trying to figure out. Yeah,
0: so so the question becomes, was the agency working solely on behalf potentially of the colleges or as an independent contractor to try and curry favor with kids? Because with a kid like that, you know he's probably going to play, what, a year max in school or two years max, I should say. So you would be, in some ways, you could argue that that the agency itself would be bypassing the college system entirely just trying to get the kid— so that the, when he does declare for the draft, you immediately have mm-hmm. him. You're a family advisor, Phil.
2: Yeah. Well, let me ask Real you this. A baseball term. Family there, advisor. And I, don't, I haven't thought about all the, the pitfalls here yet, but what would be wrong with if you wanted to talk about free market and you wanted to, if, if you're really good and you're 17 years old and you're one of the best basketball players in the country, you're a McDonald's All-American, what would be wrong with you having an agent? An agent that maybe fronts you some money before you signed a big contract in the NBA. If they said, you know what, we think at some point you're yeah. going to be worth millions, and we believe in you so much that we want to give you a $50,000 bonus for working with us even while you're playing in college. Yep. What would be wrong with that? That would require you to blow up the system
0: as we know it, which they should do.
2: But I, so what no, so would are so blowing up? I mean, literally, like, but you, what I, you still think you'd
0: you would, need, you would need to rethink the system entirely, but they should do that. The The fraudulent thing about this is still going by this notion that they, these are amateur athletes and that they're there to go to college. No, they're not. They're there to play basketball, which is fine. The colleges and the NCAA make millions of dollars, and they have television, so there well, would be nothing wrong with it. So
2: that. here's where I, I disagree a little in that 90% of players – the like they need the education that they're getting a full ride for because they're not going to make money and that, in their lives playing basketball. That's great
0: if they want to do that. So
2: for the other ten percent, and there's some gray area, like do you think you're part of the ten percent? Are you know, so but let's just say ten percent of players have a legit shot at actually playing professional basketball and thus they would work with an agent after they're done with college. Yep. What are the downfalls for working with that agent while you're in college? If the market dictates that you're that good and an agency would pay you a hundred thousand dollars as a as a bonus because someday you could make a lot of money, am I missing something? Like Dave, am I would it
3: You sound like a true capitalist to me. No, the I mean, people I think the, the point would be, well then, you know, non revenue sport athletes are I on a different playing field and, I, and blah, right, but blah blah the, okay, blah. Okay, but
2: I'm blah. so tired of that. Then don't then don't but the, okay. But if the, but that's where that's where we get into a conversation about like Dave said, capitalism and but
0: Okay, but here's the thing. We can identify, we can go to every school and then identify the sports at that school that make substantial money, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Fox uh, Fox Sports didn't do a deal with, with the Big Ten because, man, you know what? They really like volleyball. They're really excited about hockey. But you still get they a scholarship did, in a lot sure, of those sports, that's right? Like, that's fine. But But my point is, when you're talking about football and basketball especially, you are talking about sports that bring in millions of dollars and therefore the the student athlete or or the kid that shows up to play for your school should be able to benefit as well yeah and and if that means people with different programs or or sports that don't bring in as much are going to get upset, then you basically tell them the truth, which is part of the reason why we can afford to give scholarships out to as many sports as we do is because football and men's basketball are absolute cash cows. Mm.
2: Uh, Dave's got some questions coming up here next. What do you want to get into?
0: I do want to get to one that actually just came from
3: a listener regarding the NCAA and the whole FBI deal. Also a twins question, and we'll figure something else out.